0: before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Hello, everyone. This is Liz and Nick. Hello. Reporting from the Yorkshire Dales. Nick looks like she's post Covid. I'm post-menopausal. She's post-Covid. Post-Covid.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back.
0: I'm feeling almost human again. So your vaccination didn't stop you getting it really badly. No. Well,
1: it didn't help that I had the vertigo to start with already, and I've had a history of pneumonia. I think. I, I think I was just like doomed from the start. Doomed. Martin didn't get it badly. Martin was fine. He was fine.
0: We don't care about. He passed him.
1: it on to me, and he was fine.
0: Well, at least you're not dead, Nicola. Well, yeah. I mean, let's look on the plus part. What who is dead though? Patrick De Marchelier. Now, if you don't know who Patrick de Marchelier is, have you seen The Devil Wears Prada? Because we We reference that quite a lot in this podcast. Because I'm Miranda Priestley. Nick is Andy. And if only. And he has to get Patrick DiMarchelier on the phone for Meryl Streep, who's playing Miranda Priestley. And she goes, I've got Patrick for you. So that is who Patrick Marchelier is. Was it the actual Patrick in the film? Did but he play it was himself? Just, no, but they were pretending he was on the line. That's how famous he is. Oh, okay. I've never heard of him. And in the first Sex and the City film, so Students of Sex and the City... And I wish they'd asked me on Celebrity Mastermind because I would... Hey, that
1: could be your thing, couldn't it, on Mastermind? I think they
0: banned anyone else from doing Sex and the City. That, yeah, you should go on the Mastermind thing. I don't know what my thing would be. I don't
1: know my specialist
0: anything. subjects, I've got quite a few actually. Sex and the City. Yeah. Frasier. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I
1: could Friends.
0: Do the Music of Prince. Yeah. The films of Paul Newman. Ponies. Collies. I'm trying to think what my specialist subject I don't think you've got
1: one. Toy boys.
0: I don't think you've got one. Toy boys.
1: But anyway, (laughs) Patrick Demarchelier
0: died and he wasn't that old. And in the first Sex and the City film, he was in the first Sex and the City film photographing Carrie Bradshaw in all her different designer wedding outfits. So Patrick was in the Sex and the City film. I wasn't. I wasn't asked. She's not, was she's not bitter, she's not bitter. But I did work with Patrick a few times when I was an editor and I cannot tell you how difficult it was to get a superstar photographer to shoot your cover. It's very competitive. And to shoot a cover of a magazine then, probably not now because they've all disintegrated, haven't they, then to hire a celebrity photographer... Was about 20 to 30,000 pounds. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, get me Patrick. Kerry, get me Patrick on the phone. We got Patrick on the phone. So I flew to Los Angeles and I did a cover shoot with Patrick. <laughs> See, I just called him Patrick really? and Jerry Halliwell, Ginger Spice. Oh, I love her. And she had a very long list of her requirements for the shoot that were faxed to me beforehand. She had to have zero fat oat milk and zero fat this and zero fat that. And I was like, oh God, Kerry, organise the catering. So I hired Patrick for between 20 and 30,000 pounds. I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the Dead. But, so sorry, Patrick, very talented photographer. I saw your picture of. When I went to the Vogue exhibition, I saw your portrait of Diana and the actual original print of Diana, which is in the National Portrait Gallery. You can see all this down on her arms and down on her face. Yeah. But when you saw the Vogue cover, she didn't have any down. It was nah. all erased. Had all these assistants, numerous assistants, and he sat there. And he fell asleep. Oh. In the studio for £20,000. So we had to wake up, Patrick. So I said, Kerry, wake up, Patrick.
1: <laughs> wake up, Patrick. So
0: he woke up. Give him a kick. And I don't even think he pressed the shutter. All the other minions pressed these shutters. So what was he actually doing? <gasps> he didn't really do anything. And then he didn't <laughs> he didn't really know who Jerry Hallowar was. And he asked her to turn off her music. I love
1: that. I'm sorry, for twenty grand. pick the camera up, love. Pick but the camera up, love. But he fell
0: asleep. Up, he yeah, well, pick the camera up while awake, love. <laughs> but that was a very successful cover, actually. We got all these different gowns in for her, all these different outfits. My friend Emma Forrest was doing the interview and all she ended up wearing was a vest and some jeans and it sold loads and loads and loads and loads of copies. So he was actually sort of worth the money, but he did fall asleep. Yeah, well, that's fine, and it? You just wake him up, just give him a kick. But lots of his pictures have been... On social media because he died. So he did shoot the most iconic women and he shot all the supermodels. And actually, supermodels are back in the news this week. So post-50 supermodels have been hired by L.K. Bennett. So they're hiring all these old names. like They're hiring people like Amber Valletta and Christy Turlington and Cindy Crawford walked the catwalk at the fashion shows a few weeks ago sort of been wondering why they're rehiring all the old supermodels. And I kind of think we're sick of seeing teenage girls, and even when I went to London Fashion Week this season, although it was diverse in gender and colour and nationality and you didn't know what sex people were, they were all very young, very thin and very tall. Yeah. I mean, this beautiful model from the Sudan, it was like she was on stilts. And I think older women now... We're demanding, aren't
1: we, to have some attention. We're demanding to be included. We're not invisible anymore. You know, we're not grey haired grannies sitting in a rocking chair we knitting at sixty.
0: But finally, people like LK Bennett and also the makeup brand Charlotte Tilbury. So Charlotte Tilbury has hired Twiggy and Kate Moss, so Kate Moss is quite old now. Kate Moss is now actually older than me. She's still beautiful though, isn't she? yes I sent, you, I sent you that picture yeah
1: i think a lot of people are doing taping now i saw where where you've got these little bits of tape and you tape your face up rather than having a facelift i thought i'd try taping
0: yeah
1: i quite like that idea but the thing is, is if you peel it all off and it all just falls back down again i'm not sure it won't do some damage what about if you get wet yeah what if you, what if your tape starts falling off and you you've got half a face going yeah
0: that'd be bad But I think another reason these supermodels have come back is that not only do we know their names, they're older, and the people who've got money to spend are older. Teenagers don't have money to spend on fashion. They all want stuff secondhand from Oxfam. Finally, I think these brands are addressing people who can actually buy their clothes, whereas before they just ignored us. I remember once when I was still editor... I went to a fashion show in Paris, and it was at the Pompidou Centre, which was all glass, it's very, very light, and had this catwalk. And I remember poor Kate Moss was sent down the catwalk in front of this sort of 16-year-old Estonian model. And I just thought that was just mean. So even Kate Moss can be sort of body shamed by a 16-year-old Estonian, and I think we're sick of seeing them. We don't want to see 16-year-olds anymore. no. No and then actually, you know Naomi Campbell was just been on the cover of Vogue. Yeah. And she's she's older than me as well now. Yeah. She's another beautiful woman. <laughs> See you you're you're the young one. Oh no, I, 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 the they've all, they've all overtaken <laughs> me. It's like the Grand National.
1: Do you know who else has died? Dot from EastEnders. No, I know. I'm so upset. I grew up with Dot. She was such a fantastic character. And I've been listening to, like, On Loose Women and that, all the stories about June Brown. And it seems like she did go everywhere with a fag hanging out of her mouth. So I'm I'm really sorry about Dot. So a little bit of love for Dot as there well. There aren't
0: any other Dots in existence, There's, are there?
1: There, there? there was only one Dot. I loved her. I absolutely loved her. And she's the last of the sort of old lot in EastEnders, isn't she? You know, when you sort of was watching them as a child. She's the last person. She was still going to a I didn't watch time. it as a
0: child. What? Well, I was already growing up by the time it started. Oh, oh, oh,
1: poor you. see, that, that formed part of my. Until I
0: became younger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: until you reversed ageing. <laughs> now, I'm going to be very brave this week.
1: You are, you are. Because actually. you know
0: I don't read my own press. No. Do I?
1: You don't. You I've don't read never, the press, I've never you don't read, read the comments.
0: I've never read my comments i don't read lynn barber's interview with me in the sunday times magazine i didn't read deborah's interview with me in the times i sort of rise above it really well you just pretend it's not there and then some bugger
1: sends you an email saying did you see what so-and-so said about you and ruins it all yeah
0: yeah <laughs> but nick is i think keep saying to nick what did nerf say about his orgasms in the daily mail so you, you might as well read it, mightn't we? Well,
1: I did say to you, just read it. For the love of God, just read it, because she keeps asking No, but asking if someone questions. was writing
0: about you in the Daily Mail, Nick, saying how awful you were in bed, would you read it?
1: Yes. Would yes, you? I'd be demented. I'd be, out, I'd be out when the flipping, as soon as it was online. Well, wouldn't it upset you? Yeah, it would upset me, but I couldn't possibly not look. I just couldn't do it. If someone's saying something about me, I would have to look. I think. I think the best thing to do is not look. You know, if you've... You're in that environment I think it's better To avoid it But I would not Be able to control myself I'd be absolutely Demented So
0: should we hear What the ex-husband The monosyllabic lump Said about having sex With me Goddess that I am
1: Yes Are you ready for this Yeah Right I'm a bit nervous really Don't shoot the messenger Okay So This is by Nurple. Whether Liz faked all those orgasms or not, they were far more dramatic and, frankly, unnerving than they needed to be. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> what he's mistaking for an orgasm was me going, ow, when he put an elbow on my hair. Why do men do that? Ow, just ow. Be grateful you ain't got big boobs. An elbow in the boobs even worse. So he says, it would be a
1: shame if all of that was just a hammy show for my sake, because if Liz didn't enjoy her sex life, that would make two of us Why do it then? Why was he doing it then? Why marry me? Why marry you? I certainly faked most of my orgasms, although they were no more spectacular than the real thing. What does that mean? No more real... (laughs) He didn't didn't ham it up. The blame for these encounters lies squarely with Miss Jones, who is a much older... and Oh, he has to get it in, doesn't he? Much Much older.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could have written every sentence about him as the much fatter... Yes, and more, I think you have. Why is age used to punish people whereas you could be 24 stone and 18? You think you're superior. Yeah,
1: but why bring up much older when you chose to marry the person? If age was an issue, don't bloody get married. So anyway, he says, who is the much older and more responsible party should have brought them to a close sooner. What does that mean? You should have faked it quicker. So 16 years older... Oh. did
0: you know Liz that you were older than him, did you? Did you know because we're just saying it again. I think there should be another way of measuring people rather than just their age. You could be 12 and be addicted to donuts and have terribly high blood pressure and have no legs and be completely awful and torture cats, but somehow you're better than me because I'm older than you.
1: Let okay, let's 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 put that into context. Fidelity. Let's measure people by fidelity yeah, and loyalty niceness, hard working. Yes, but but no, Paul. Fidelity um, and actually being true to your marriage. So anyway, so sixteen years older and far wealthier. I now see Liz chose a young, impressionable, ethnic man to accessorise a vacuous forty-something fashionista lifestyle, being more interested in maintaining
0: a social facade than. So why family. is my like mine. lifestyle vacuous? Because I was editor of a magazine that we did stories on the abuse of elephants, foot binding, orphans left to die in China, which got me barred from China. I once made a journalist called Sue Reed. I tried to get her to go into a horse truck with a donkey to Italy to see if it was made into salami. Young women as sex workers, cancer. We dealt with every single topic. Under the sun, that was important to women, and I'm called vacuous. But if you're vacuous... Just because I didn't dress like a toddler in oversized T-shirt and a baseball cap. But if you're vacuous... Why marry me? Why
1: marry you? What does it say about him? If he finds you vacuous, why did he marry you? He did say, I'll admit that I love many aspects of our time together... Living in the Islington townhouse, driving a BMW, and travelling the world couldn't have been different. To my own upbringing.
0: Yeah, can I can I point out here? He used to borrow my BMW, which was topless, unlike me to cruise around with his friend, I can't remember his friend's name because he never introduced me to him, to try and pick up women. But it was the effect was kind of spoiled because he phoned me on one of these cruises in my car that I paid for to say, how do I turn the headlights on? Oh, dear. And he thinks you're vacuous. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: <laughs> doesn't say a lot about him, though, that he loves the aspects of living in your posh house, driving your posh car and travelling the world. That kind of says something about his personality, doesn't
0: it, really? But I only travelled the world, not because I was rich or had lots of time off. It was part of my job.
1: No, but he was enjoying it, doing it for free. Yeah. Right, so in the early days, Liz seemed to offer an escape, an affluent and more secure life that held none of the fears I'd grown up with. So basically, he's putting in print, he used you.
0: But I earned that money and I earned that status and I earned that job. I came from nothing. I didn't have yeah, any did. contacts in journalism. I grew up in a house with no central heating. Um oh. one of seven children with a disabled mum who couldn't drive. I didn't get a leg up. No, oh, well
1: he's got a leg up by getting his leg over, isn't he? Yeah. So at age 26, I was earning 14000 a year when I met Liz in 2000, a year into my first professional job on the bottom run at the BBC. I spent previous three years studying journalism, doing unpaid internships and working as a security guard. I was then living with and financially helping my mother, a low-wage dishwasher at Heathrow, was separated from my father at the time, and also my three younger siblings, and also lived at home. The youngest two were still at high school. It's not very well written, is it, actually? By contrast, Liz was the helmet-lang-clad, salon-styled editor of Britain's Biggest Selling Women's Magazine, only at least ten times my salary. Yeah, but I worked to get there. Yeah, and he wasn't, about, he wasn't sort of opposed to having plenty of it either, was he? When he was sitting on his backside. As a famous columnist with a sheep North London home, she whisked me off to a six-star resort at Ian Fleming's former property in Jamaica within weeks of us meeting. We went to celebrity-filled parties on a weekly basis. Coming from a very unglamorous working class background, I was the first in my family to get any qualifications, let alone a degree. I was bedazzled by a world that Liz showed me and the stars I mingled with, such as Giorgio Armani at a London bash thrown for singer Ricky Martin. I love
0: Ricky Martin. But you see, these things are still living large in his brain several years later. Otherwise, he'd have forgotten about them and moved on. He still remembers I took him to an Armani party and he met Ricky Martin. But he's chippy, isn't he? He's chippy, he's chippy. And we need to block him. He's chippy. We chick him and we block him and then we block him again.
1: So then he cl- he says that she claims to have faked her all her orgasms makes me wonder what on earth she was doing with an impec... A what? Impecunious. Impecunious young man, young enough to be her son.
0: What he's got is chippy. Yeah. Get I think it. when people are unattractive... And unsuccessful They like to use the only weapon that they have Oh, I'm an Indian person Oh, I'm working class Oh, I'm younger
1: But I find it all so
0: Pathetic There's such a victim But if you don't want to go out with an older woman Don't go out with them I'm still feeling very bitter and twisted. I think we need to move on to the archive. Go on, you're, you're, let's, let's do bitter and twisted. This is my column from November 2002. I'm writing this on our honeymoon, paid by me. We are in a remote cottage in the hills outside Seville, surrounded by woods full of hooting owls. There's no TV, no newspapers and no radio. We're amusing ourselves by playing chess and trivial pursuit. Would you think I'd win, seeing as it's set in the 1980s when the husband was just starting solids? <laughs> See, I can be a bitch, but be funny with it. Just don't just be nasty. The, just proves you're not vacuous, doesn't it? Yeah. And actually, I found out later the reason he won a trivial pursuit from the 80s because he was reading the answers on the back of the cards. I held them up. So he was cheating, not just with other women's vaginas, with a game.
1: If you cheat on one thing, you'll cheat on everything. You can't trust a liar. I, I don't, anything else but a liar. I hate liars. I hate
0: liars said, I'm reading Donna Tartt's new book on my honeymoon, which is excellent, although it makes me miss the cats terribly. I wonder why the Donna Tartt's book was about cats. I don't know. I was going to say what was the book, but do you Well, it, well it wasn't The Secret History, because The Secret History is one of the best books I've ever read. And the Secret History is all about these college kids, and one of them survives a winter in America with no heating, and it's the most vivid description of being cold i've ever read in my life we've experienced it didn't we in but i don't remember any cats in it and we've anyway that book in yorkshire so my new husband tells me i mustn't ruin the honeymoon by pining for my cats that's what i always did i always pined for them in the minute i left them and the cat sitter used to have to fax me reports wherever i went Fax. yeah to fax I remember me faxes god almighty what did we do without smartphones I tell him the papers once reported, I think it was a telegraph, that I'd gone home from my desk as an editor to shield my cat's eyes from the total eclipse of the sun. It was made up, I tell him. The truth was I went home to feed them so they'd be looking at their bowls, not directly up at the clouds. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's perfectly I reasonable. I did, I went to feed them so they were looking down. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. The husband spends his days chopping wood And thinking up ways in which you'll be able to watch the England game. I can't swim in the pool because there is a giant lizard at the bottom. The husband turns up with a huge net to fish it out. He's become quite manly now that we're married and we have agreed that he has to be more proactive. At the airport, I told him I was leaving the car high and the driving up to him. No problem, he said. Then the lady behind the desk told him that, as he'd passed his test less than a year ago, I bought him driving lessons and a car. He would not be able to drive. Oh, no! Here you are, plumpy, he said cheerfully, plopping the keys in my palm. Let's hit the road. Oh, no! They used to call me plumpy. I wouldn't like that. I don't want to be called plumpy. But he was quite cheerful and fun and funny and very intelligent and very well read and very just funny and he's just turned bitter and twisted but, think, but that isn't my fault. No, and I think the thing that made I me quite sad... I think it's regret. Sad, I think
1: it's regret. Yeah, well, he should have kept his bits in his pants. I th- i think what makes me very sad is when you divorced, he was quite decent, wasn't he? He didn't yeah. try and go for alimony or anything like that. He didn't try and get for the house or anything at all. And now he's. No, because he knew how that. badly
0: he'd behaved. Exactly. I remember having a conversation with him outside the Royal Opera House. He says, oh, "I might want the house, I might want alimony," and I said, "Okay." I said, "Just do what you think is morally right." That's yeah. the only thing I said. Yeah, and I think
1: a I couldn't have wrote, been nicer to him. No, and and I think what he's written since recently shows that he's actually very sorry he didn't go for stuff because he's not been successful. He's not. He's not successful in his own right now, not particularly. And he would have been a lot better off if he had a structure of everything at that point. Well, I didn't have anything. No, but he and he, he had more in him, didn't you? You had more in him. You had the lovely house. No, but I had a mortgage. Yeah, but my mortgage was a million pounds. I think. I think it just shows. That at the time, he did do the right thing, but now he regrets it, and and that that really tells us who he is and what he really thinks. Yeah. And
0: it's not pretty, is Cause it? Because I actually thought we pretty. left um, left each other amicably, and I actually thought he was just underneath it all a, a, a quite a sweet person.
1: Well, he came, didn't he? When when we lived in Somerset, he came to stay, and I met him. I was, yeah, I, I met him once, and I thought he was very nice. I thought he was very engaging. He was very nice. I couldn't criticize apart from obviously cheating on you and stuff. When I met him and how he behaved he was good company I could see why you married him he was good company he was a nice guy so I was quite surprised when
0: I read all this quite nasty stuff and he was very upset when the cats died I remember I called him when Snoopy died and he was crying on the other end of the phone and he now uses my obsession with my cats as some sort of stick to beat me with worse to me that's a quality exactly yeah
1: not nice not not attractive qualities he's not done himself any (laughs) favours
0: You can read this week's diary in full from *Men on Sunday's You magazine. Do you want to hear this week's column?
1: Yeah, let's get on something a bit more positive.
0: In which I wish I could meet my match. That's not very
1: positive, is no, it? Oh, I was hoping for positive. Let's see if we can turn it into positive. Come on, I'm
0: up for a challenge. Remember last week when the man who had stood me up for a second date citing distance timed me at 5.18am. I broke the habit of a lifetime and I rose above it. I ignored him. I was the better person. I was very proud of you for that. I just ignored him. I was very proud of you for that. I was. Yesterday, he sent me this message. I guess a date is out of the question. Why is he 12? I'm using your words.
1: That's like,
0: oh, pathetic. Why the change of heart? It's almost exactly a year, last yeah. April, that well, I went on that lunch with him. he okay? obviously got no one else. And I changed my bed and I put a pointy thing on the toilet paper. <laughs> that was <is> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Why the change of heart? I haven't miraculously moved nearer to where he lives. I've only become slightly better looking, mm-hmm. I think, given that I have newly transplanted eyebrows. The truth? He hasn't been able to find anyone else in the almost year-long interim. He's doubtless tried, but has drawn a blank. That must tell you something, that a solvent, I'm assuming, 50-something man with all his own teeth, hair and legs, hasn't found someone better than me. Anyway, I ponder what to reply to his offer of a date, and I finally come up with this. Which one are you?
1: I love that. That's literally the best
0: put down it is. A few days later, no reply, although I know he's read it because he's got two little blue ticks. Oh, you've learnt that now, haven't you? Yeah. I'm social media literate.
1: You are. You, see, that's, that's something good that come of him. You learn about, what's that? Two ticks. Yeah, you learn about two ticks. It got me
0: thinking of all the put-downs I've squashed men with over the years as though they were mere flies, although I would never swat a real fly in real life. Belittling one line as they never come back from. When my ex-husband, we're back to him again. Yeah, we've, we're digging him up. Had whined that I never paid him any compliments. I replied, yes, I do. The other day I said, you have feet like paddles, so you must be able to swim well.
1: Oh, the romance.
0: <laughs> With the rock star who was worried I would read about his new girlfriend in the papers, I replied, I thought Melody Maker had closed down. Achoo. With the ex-fiancé, oh, the possibilities were legion. Mm -hmm. When he had looked stymied on being asked if he knew where the organic pub was in Islington, I told him he reminded me of my last Uber driver. When we would sit in silence over dinner, I'd commented that, given I was having to plough the claggy clay of our conversation, I really should have a flock of seagulls following me, flapping and squawking. The put-downs from men, not really in the same league. What do you think, Ned? No, definitely not in the same league. They're not well, clever, are they, with it? No, they're just whiny like tiny yeah. children. Yeah, they whiny, are. whiny, 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 me, 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 crybabies. I hate them. I'm going to block them. All of them. When I'd ordered three hundred pounds of food from Waitrose, the X. Wind after rummaging. Why do they rummage in your shopping? Do you know, don't
1: do I that. I hate that. The minute I walk don't through the door, don't rummage in my does.
0: shopping. Get your hands out of my shopping. Yeah. It's my shopping.
1: Martin does that. The minute I put the bags down, they it's rummage. the only time the bugger gets off the sofa when I walk through the door. He doesn't get up to make me a cup of tea, but he's head first
0: into the bag. Head first. Hilda, my little rescue dog, was like that. I used to get oh, home with the Waitrose bag, pointy nose in the bag. Pointy nose. Hilda was perfect, though. So I'd ordered £300 of food from Waitrose. The ex whined after rummaging. Did they not have any white pepper? When I bought a brand new Mercedes, his only comment? You shouldn't have bought diesel. Why not just be positive? The husband, opening my smeg fridge in London using the hem of his T-shirt, whining in a high voice, doing an impression of me, obviously, to his friends, respect my space. Well, listen, Mr. Big Shot, if you had ever just once paid the cleaner, you might have earned the right to smudge my fridge. Mm-hmm. But given you never paid the cleaner, we never tipped the cleaner.
1: And I really hate people that take the mick out of people, like their voices and stuff. I hate that. It's so disrespectful. You just you- shut him in the fridge.
0: And he used his working-class credentials to punish me. Never mind he never took the cleaner. And I've been supporting her because she's got cancer. He merely berated me because I'd once played netball. Uh, he thought that made me middle class. We all,
1: I was in the East End playing netball. We all played netball at school. It's just on the curriculum, for Nobody God's sake. Nobody he thought it was a high
0: school thing. You know, He didn't oh, play netball in his school. Because it was a boys' school. But I've been thinking that relationships shouldn't be battles, should they? No, they shouldn't. Point scoring. As if I were and Russell and his Girl Friday, and he was, well, not Carrie Gaunt exactly. No. That sparring of equals would be sport, wouldn't he? It would even be fun. But how to find a man who is quick and witty, not slow and chippy? See? Chippy. That's why you block them, because they're chippy. Not a toddler in search of a mum or a compliant young woman for sex. The minute you're difficult, they limp for the hills. I need to find my equal, just someone, I suppose, who's on my side. Wouldn't it be nice if someone was on my side? And isn't it telling that the person who's in your lovely bed or the person you're on honeymoon with is an enemy? Apparently, there are some relationships where you're a team,
1: and you're on each other's side, and it's respectful. Apparently, that can
0: happen. But why has it never happened to me? No, I don't know. I'm nice. I found. I'm i experimented clean. With, I'm tidy. Yeah. I'm
1: hardworking. But I've actually experimented where I've just gone along with everything. So I've said, yeah, all right, you're going out tonight, no problem. You're in at 3 o'clock in the morning, no problem. I've experimented to see what it did, and it was
0: total harmony. As long as I don't challenge... Well, I've had that conversation with you before, And as long as with my ex, I was a completely non-stressful girlfriend and dressed nicely and paid for dinner and... The minute I wanted something, like... Could you hold a dog lead? Could you change that light bulb? Could you not smoke in the bathroom? I'm suddenly a bitch. Yeah.
1: No. I I tested this out. I spent a week being completely compliant, completely and utterly compliant to whatever they. Chose but you don't to
0: do. want to be like that.
1: And then I said the words, "Can you take the recycling and the rubbish to the dump that I've put outside?" Absolute. The minute I asked for something, there was a tantrum. And it just shows, as long as you're quiet and you're doing what they want and you're playing the game, everything's fine. There's no arguments. It's easy. The minute you say, could you do so-and-so, which actually, we both made the rubbish. We both made the recycling. It's not It's not all my recycling and rubbish. There's a tantrum. And it kind of made me think, wow, you know, it just proves. But you know that. Yeah, but I actually, to actually do it as a conscious test... I know a couple, and they are really happy, but they talk to each other with respect. They're team players. They support each other. They don't put each other down. If someone makes a mistake, they say, oh, can I help you with that? And even the way they communicate on the most basic level is with respect and compassion. And But it seems to be like that's an exception to the rule, but you can see why they're happy because... They really are nice to each other, and I think in
0: general as couples we're just not nice to each other we're just but i've been nice to the men in my life until they let me down yeah. until i 'm cheated on or until he won't clear the rubbish in his garden mm. or until he won't cook me dinner when i've dr- driven two hundred fifty miles or he won't help me pick up the dog bowls. Yeah there's a point where you can't take it anymore.
1: No, no, and obviously, I mean, I'm an incredibly, you know, I, I can be sort of snappy and a bit miserable and that, but I tend to sort of bite my tongue, and then then I'll, I'll sort of get to the point where I, I, I'm going to rip your head off. I've bitten my tongue, I've bitten my tongue, I've bitten my tongue, but now I'm going to kill you. I, t- I tend to get to that stage, which is wrong of me, because what I should do is address it at the time and not let it build up. But it, I just, I've just, just found it really interesting that as long as you're keeping someone happy they're nice to you and 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 it's i think that's a lesson for me to take forward really that if you're in that sort of relationship that's just not acceptable you should be you should be nice to each other all the time you should respectful respectful so i think that's what you need getting back to to your column that's what you need in your match someone that's mutually respectful and a team player Why don't we put this out
0: there? No, I don't want a great big hairy man in my bed. I've got three collies in my bed and one trying to get in the bed. No. (laughs) Poor Gracie clawing her way up the bed. I've I've kind of got to the point where I feel they don't deserve me. Yeah. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. So what about letters now?
1: Letters, yeah, we have got... So we've got Sharon from Eastbourne... Who said hi, Nick? I've been following your auctions and fundraising on Twitter and everything you and Liz do to try and help the animals. I would love to be able to do as much, but I don't have any spare money. I can't bear thinking about the poor abandoned animals in the Ukraine at the minute and wonder how I can help on a budget. Cheers to you both. And I thought that was—I think that's a lot of our problem, isn't it? A lot of us want to help, but we've not got the money to. I can't afford to donate money. I wanted to bring this up because what one thing I've been doing is phoning around the vets and asking for things like cat baskets, dog coats, collars, leads that they get left there. And I was able to get a huge amount of stuff. Has it gone, though? Yeah,
0: it's gone. So I. has so it gone to... It's gone to the Ukraine. Dog, no, where's it gone to? Dog, you can't just fly to Ukraine on its own. Oh,
1: okay. A local vet was doing a collection. They were using their transport. They were going over to the Ukraine. Oh, right. So I managed to get local vets to me. I got a huge amount of stuff. Um, It completely filled my spare room. And then this other vet from slightly further away, down near where came and and they've taken it all to the Ukraine. So even if you haven't got any money, that's a really useful thing to do is phone around your local vets, see if they've got cat baskets because they're absolutely desperate for that out there. See if they've got dog coats. Do you remember that journalist
0: who got in touch with me? How can I break into journalism? How can I do this? So I said to her, why don't you... Find your passion, and it was animals. For yeah. I said, why don't you before you can get a job, work for all the charities, writing the blurbs yeah. on each dog, yeah. taking the photograph, yeah. promote them on social media, and do that for them because very yeah. often the charities don't have time.
1: Yeah, so it is possible if you haven't got any money,
0: which which I don't
1: as well. Literally, I spent probably about half an hour phoning around all different local vets. They all promised me this stuff. Some of them bought it to me. My mum went and got some other stuff for me because obviously I was ill. Another vets that was taking it overcame and got it for me. It. it didn't really take much effort, but I think I ended up with something like 25 cat crates, about 20 dog coats, leads, collars, veterinary supplies – it's huge amount of stuff that went off, and that was literally just for making a few fungals. So there is
0: stuff you can do. But we haven't got pictures of the 40 tonnes of food we organised arriving yet, have we? No,
1: they've got a big truck. They've got a, a huge lorry that, to take it all over at once rather than just in their small things. I want to get it all over at once. And they were looking for a driver. So I've asked for an update on where we are with that and if, if they've managed to get the food over there yet. So as soon as I get some information about that, then I will update everybody. Also, what about the next
0: letter from Emily?
1: Yeah, we've got Emily. And Emily says, love the mic drop moment. Who you are must be one of the best put-downs it is. I mean, that was good. I liked
0: that. No, I didn't say who are you to the man who texted me. I said, which one are you? Which one are you? That's equally as good. That's equally as good. I am." Um, In my 50s And
1: I have to say While happily single Wouldn't be averse To meeting someone But at my age It seems so hard In fact impossible I would just like To meet a man The old fashioned way Chatting in the pub At the bar Or something But it doesn't seem Likely to happen Like that anymore Any tips?
0: Well I've only Sort of met Three men I've met One At a jazz club The maniac One came to interview me at Marie Claire because he wanted to check out the women in the office and one texted me because he'd read a piece saying I, he wanted I wanted to contact people why they weren't in touch with me anymore from sort of 30 years ago so I wasn't that proactive to be honest but you
1: had a lot last year didn't you and that was mainly contacting you online
0: wasn't it yeah but nothing came of that no. but they could men contact me online all the yeah. time yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so, but that wasn't yeah, wasn't on online dating, was it? That was on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think Emily, you need to get
0: onto Instagram and Twitter, really.
1: Yeah, or take up a hobby, maybe, like start go to a running club or something where you meet other people.
0: So, I think very
1: often though, when you do
0: things like that, it's just all women, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You go to a mechanics course or something. <laughs> Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.